Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Uh, it's great to see you all today. Yeah, my dad, he's uh, at uh, Pastor Max and Molly's church. Max, if you've been here for a while, he was the associate pastor before me, uh, before I moved here seven and a half years ago. And uh, my dad, uh, our church actually helped uh, sow a lot into that church plant, and it is doing very well. So thank you to everyone here who, who sows into this church, because we actually help outside of our four walls quite a bit. Sometimes people don't realize, but uh, we give, um, I think last year we gave over $500,000 away to other ministries and missions. So we've helped plant churches around the country, several churches in India. And um, my dad's having a good time there with his spiritual son, Max. Last night, Max picked him up for dinner. And uh, after, after dinner, my dad noticed he was driving the wrong direction from his hotel. He's like, where are we going? He said, well, you're preaching tonight. My dad didn't realize they were going to hold a special Saturday night service just to get all the pastor loss and they could get. And um, he, he, uh, he didn't forget about this morning. You know, preachers never forget about Sunday mornings. But uh, uh, he said it was really great. And um, that's why the Bible says to always be ready. <laughs> Especially if you're not always that organized as a preacher. You need to always be ready to, to share a good word. And uh, my dad, he's, he's got plenty of word in him. So... Uh, I think he could preach on the spot just about anywhere, anytime, and, uh, but I, I'm really excited to get to share with you today. So the message I have for you today, it's actually a message I shared several months ago, and uh, it's a word, I believe, for several people here today, and this, this, the message, this word is set a date to celebrate, and I'm really excited to share this. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine that I haven't seen since high school, she actually used to drive me, um, before I had a car, to a youth symphony practice. She was a violin player. But she happened to come across this teaching on YouTube. I haven't heard from her since high school. And, and she said it just really excited her, really got her um, fired up to believe for God. She's never had a child and wants to believe God for having a kid. And um, she, she just was super excited to hear a faith-filled message. And um, so I'm, I'm believing this is a good word for you today. Set a date to celebrate. Go ahead and turn your Bible to Psalm 30. We'll start in the first five verses and then skip towards the end, but Psalm 30. And uh, my first point for you today is that we need to realize that his favor is for life. The favor of God, the grace of God, the blessing of the Lord, it is for life. It doesn't diminish. It actually increases. God wants it to increase in the life of the believer. So God's favor, his good will towards us, his good plan for us, uh, the, the thoughts and hopes and, and dreams he has for you, they actually increase throughout your lifetime. They don't diminish. So here in Psalm 30, verse 1, it says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. I love this psalm. He's just saying, just because I'm alive, I'm still standing, I'm going to celebrate and thank God. I am not dead, I am alive, and God is not done with me yet. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. I love that we sang about the name of Jesus. There is just something about that name. Every time we think about the name of Jesus, when we sing about the name of Jesus, it should cause something to be stirred up on the inside of you. We just want to say, thank you, God, for sending me Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for living in me at the remembrance of his name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. I love that. Say, his favor is for life. 
It's for life. That means it's not going to go away. God's good plan for you, his heart for you, his love for you, it's not going away. It is for life. And if you have Jesus, you have eternal life. So you have eternal favor. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Say, joy comes. God is always sending joy. Joy is always coming. Maybe you don't really feel it right now. You don't really see it. Well, it's coming. Why do I know that joy is coming into your life? Because it says it here in Scripture. Joy is coming. God has a plan for joy, and he wants to repeat it in your life. Joy comes in the morning. Verse 11, we'll skip down there. It says, you have turned for me my morning into dancing. You have turned for me my morning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy. Jesus wore a garment of praise. He gives us that garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. What's in your closet? You know, what, what can you wear? You know, just yesterday, um, we, we had kind of, of, of a busy week, and um, yesterday was a little busy, and Heather said, I just want to get out of the house. I just want to go for a walk. And I said, well, just go for a walk. And she said, well, I mean, I want to go to a store and go for a walk. <laughs> She, she knows I won't be mad, you know, just, sure, go for a walk. But she said, I want to go to a store and go for a walk. Some of you need to take a walk with Jesus, a walk through his, you know, department store and let him pick out some clothing for you. He's going to give you a garment of peace, a garment of praise, a garment of righteousness. And he says, hey, hey, I want to fill your closet with these things. I want to fill your life with good things. So when, you, when you're dealing, you can take that sackcloth off. You know, I was actually inspired to... to God spoke to me, set a date to celebrate because I was just reading through the Old Testament about, about there would be appointed times for mourning. When someone passed away, depending on who it was, you were to mourn for a certain period. Like when Jacob passed away, all of Egypt mourned for a certain period. There was a set time for that, but there's also a set time to take off the sackcloth and, and, and step into to what God had next. And there's also appointed times for celebrations, appointed times to come to the temple and rejoice and thank God for what he's done. So some of you need to just set a date to celebrate. Amen. You've clothed me with gladness, verse 12, to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. I can't help but sing praise to you, God. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And that is so awesome. That just makes me excited. Man, the Bible should make you excited. His favor is for life. God is not mad at you. Some of you might think, God is mad at me. I messed up. God is not mad at you. When I've come to God in my worst moments, even that every time when I think, man, I, I messed up. I didn't do as good as I should have done. I, 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 I go to God. Sometimes at night, I'm just, you know, in bed, just, just trying to fall asleep. And I'm, I'm just coming to God, God help me. I need your help. And, you know, God, he always just comforts me. He just always says, Aaron, I love you. You're awesome. I'm thankful for you. You're my beloved. And uh, that's how God always speaks to us. He's not mad at you. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. He sees his, his child. He sees his sons, his daughters, and he, he, his favor really is for life. His goodwill for you, his grace for you, his loving kindness, that blessing, and I love this, this um, confession that my father speaks. And you can say it with me. I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I have a good understanding. 
and I have supernatural increase. Man, this church, there, there is favor upon this church. There is supernatural increase upon this church. Upon the people who, who are intertwined with this ministry, with this church, there is supernatural increase. I've seen it time and time again. And God is not done with us yet. He's not done with this church. He's not done with you. There is supernatural increase upon us. And I know that God has things in store for each one of us. God has things planned out for you that are better than you can even imagine. I love what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. He's quoting the Old Testament. He says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God has some things prepared for us, prepared for each one of you, prepared for this church that go beyond what, what man can see. And the only way to see is actually to, to sometimes tap into the realm of the Spirit. Sometimes you need to look beyond what you can see with your eyes. Look beyond what you can hear with your ears. Just look beyond the natural. And God is going to reveal things to us. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Your natural understanding, your natural senses can't even comprehend what God has planned for you. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Man, I've learned this just throughout life, through my seven years of ministry now, God's plan is always better than your plan. It's good to make plans. It's good to have vision. It's good to, to have dreams and to work towards things. But you have to learn how to be flexible. Man, don't be inflexible. Blessed are the flexible. <laughs> don't get too attached to your list of expectations God actually wants to go beyond your list of expectations. Shortly after Heather and I were married four years ago, she found an old journal of mine dating back to like 15 years prior where I wrote down my list of expectations in a future wife. And Heather laughed because she wasn't really on that list. <laughs> and I'm glad because she actually went beyond what I thought I needed in a wife. God knows you better than you know yourself. He, he actually knew you when he was creating the, the universe. He's known you as you were being formed in your mother's womb. God knew you as you were being formed in your mother's womb. I don't remember being formed in my mother's womb. My mind is limited. My thinking is limited. But God, he is not limited. He knows you better than you know yourself. So just trust him. And when, when sometimes something doesn't work out the way you expected, the way you hoped, the way you wrote out a list of 100 things you wanted in a future spouse. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting. He's not done with you yet. And when I look back, and I, I remember some of those things that I really desired, maybe it was a certain relationship, a certain girlfriend, a certain college I wanted, a certain job I wanted. Man, I am so glad that some of those doors were shut. Learn to appreciate the blessing of a closed door. I love what the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord. But the Lord directs his steps. God is full of surprises. I don't know, man, that, that could be one of the names of God. I love studying the names of God. The God of surprise. I'm going to have to learn that in Hebrew and in Greek. The God of surprise. Because he is a God full of surprises. And I know that he is because he's the greatest gift giver. The greatest gift giver is love the element of surprise. 
God has a sense of humor, and people with a sense of humor, comedians, they know that timing is everything. God knows about timing. He knows about surprise, and he has great things in store for you. He actually likes to pick people and call people and choose people who, who no one else would have chosen. You can turn to 1 Corinthians with me if you'd like. 1 Corinthians 1. I want to start in verse 26. This is one of my favorite passages of scriptures because I always have to remember this, that God likes to use unusual place, unusual people. He likes to do things in unusual places. He, he, he likes to surprise everyone. 1 Corinthians 1, 26, it says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh... Not many mighty. He's saying it doesn't really matter how smart you are. Not many wise. Not, it doesn't really matter where you went to school, how much you know, what your background is, how smart you are, what your IQ is. Some of you might be really smart in one area and really dumb in another area. It's okay. God can help you anyways. You know, I have a doctorate in music. I'm fairly smart you know, academically, but yesterday I, I put a, a bed cover on my truck. It was supposed to take one hour. It took me four hours. It's one of the most frustrating things I've ever done in my life. Some of you might say, well, you should have asked me to help because I'm a lot smarter than you, than you, Pastor. You probably are. <laughs> I've done many things that have, that have humbled my, myself. I didn't really humble myself. I just... God, I don't, I don't know, I just, you can humble yourself, but these aren't things, well, these are things I did to myself. Like, I remember when I was in Houston, uh, I really loved um, the, the hatch green chili peppers they have there. I'd always cut them up and put them in omelets, the one thing I can make. And I'd eat omelets every day, but I, I cut these things up, and I remember I, I cut these things up, and then I, I like, rubbed my eyes, and... <laughs> This is why I was getting my doctorate at Rice University, and God just said, Aaron, you're not as smart as you think you are. <laughs> not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. I love, I, I've just been reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I just love seeing about the people that Jesus chose to be part of his team. He chose a lot of people that no one else would have chosen. People who had bad report cards, they weren't that smart, they weren't that educated, they, they, they didn't have that good of a religious report card, they weren't maybe that well known. Jesus chooses people that, that have actually been rejected. Maybe you feel you've been rejected. Well, Jesus is choosing you today. He is calling you today. So if you don't feel that smart like Pastor Aaron, you know, rubbing his eyes with peppers all over his fingers... Maybe you're not that mighty, that noble. Well, God, God is choosing you. He is calling you today to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Man, I love that. I, you know, Wednesday night I preached on the blessing of the Lord, and I was just thinking about, about how that blessing of the Lord, that's what really causes us to rise to the top. You know, during, during COVID, Heather just started a little Facebook group called like Unmask Our Kids Car Springs and, and like a thousand people joined that thing. All these people with political ambitions were reaching out to her. Heather didn't have any desire to have any political influence. You, you might not, God, God just, just, just listen to God, do, just be in love with him and he'll cause you to go to the top. We don't have to strive to be mighty. Just, just look to Jesus. Just be in a relationship with him, and he's going to get you where you need to go. And when you get there, people are going to be surprised. How did this person get this 
get here? How, did, how, how are they the head and not the tail? How are they blessed coming in and going out? How are they blessed in the city, blessed in the field? How, how is it that everything they touch, everything they set their hand to, everything that they work at is just blessed? How does it just work out for them? His favor is for life. No flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus. It's all about who you are in, and he is in you. You are in him. He has become for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. We can set a date to celebrate. We can rejoice, and we can glory in the Lord in what he plans to do. His favor is for life. And I have have something to say about his favor, which is synonymous with his grace. Man, his grace will free you. His grace will transform you. His grace will empower you. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blessing. It always gets better. It always gets better. God's plan for you, it, it is, it's always to, to make things just increase. He wants to increase that favor in your life. So keep looking ahead. That's my second point today in learning how to set a date to celebrate. Always look ahead. Man, we need to learn how to understand the times and the seasons God has placed us in. Man, I see a lot of people, they might be in, the, in a great season, a great thing that God's trying to do, and, and they just don't even realize what's going on. I've seen some people, man, man, some people who, who it kind of reminds me, my, my son Fisher, he's nine years old, and he goes to a school where there's an elementary, middle, and high school, and I remember dropping him off at this school in the middle of winter when it's like zero degrees outside. There's always one week in Colorado where it's just zero. And there's always one week in the summer where it's like in the 90s and really hot. And I'm thankful I live in Colorado, amen. Where, I don't know, we're in the 70s today. I see my friends in Houston where it's 100 degrees and their AC broke. And... But, uh, you know, I, I drop them off and it's like zero degrees outside and I see these high schoolers just wearing shorts and short sleeves and sandals. And I, I think they, they don't even know what season it is. And there's people like that spiritually. They don't, they, they, you need to look into the realm of the spirit and see what God is doing. See what, see what season you are in and, and, and learn how to appreciate where you're at. And some people just, just live like they're in a different season of life. I was talking to Heather. My, my life, the, the season I'm in as a married husband, you know, with, with kids, it's very different than when I was a bachelor. And when I was a bachelor, my, my, my day-to-day life was radically different than it is now. I remember when I first came here, I was single, ready to mingle. I, I was working as a pastor. And, uh, you know, my, my day-to-day life, it's, it's, I, I told Heather about it. You know, I, I, I remember not too long ago, Heather and the kids were gone. It was, like the, it was like the first time in four years I had an hour to myself inside the house. And it felt so strange. But then I had these like flashbacks from when I was single. Like I, I, my day to day, I just like sleep in. I'd wake up at eight thirty, come to work at nine, you know, work till four or so. Then I go home. Uh, I just lay on the sheep rug in front of my fireplace with my dog Winston, and uh, I'd read my Bible. Then I'd take a nap. You know, wake up around six, go to the gym, come back, eat at eight, watch a movie at ten, go to bed at midnight. And you know, the, my, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> You 
But I mean, some people who, who are like, like kind of in my season, young, married with kids, and they, they try to live like there's still a bachelor or a bachelorette. And they have this kind of craving for that. Now, you need, to, you need to, to, to see what season you're in just in life, but also spiritually. What is God doing in the realm of the spirit? What is he doing in the realm of the spirit in your life, in this church, in this community? We need to, to, to see what's going on and um, appreciate like, what God is doing now, not just have these intense cravings for, for things that we're not really called to be a part of anymore. Don't crave past seasons. You can look back and remember some of the good things, but we shouldn't have this intense craving for it. Sometimes when you look back, you forget about some of the bad things that were a part of that season. And uh, I, I was, you, know, you can turn your Bibles here if you'd like to Numbers 11, verse 4. This is when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt. They were going through a wilderness season. Uh, a wilderness season isn't always a fun season, but sometimes it's a season where, hey, God is trying to get you to the next place. So you're, you're kind of on a journey, and you have to trust him on that journey. But, but they, they weren't really in tune with, with what God was doing um, in the realm of the Spirit, what he was doing with, with, with seasons. They were craving a past season. And, you know, they, they had been in, in, in Egypt in that house of bondage, is what God called it, for 400 years. They couldn't worship God freely. They couldn't, you know, even Pharaoh wanted, like, had children killed. Yet going back, they, somehow, they, they looked back and somehow forgot these atrocities that, that had occurred in Egypt. They forgot that they were slaves. They forgot they couldn't worship God. They forgot that they couldn't even live, live, have the families that they'd want to. And it says here in Numbers 11, verse 4 through 6, it says, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded. They yielded to this thing. They yielded to intense craving. Intense craving. I've, I've met many people have this, just this intense craving for, for something that may, maybe it's a prior season of life. Yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? They, they were remembering just their diet back in Egypt. Hey, our diet was better there. They were belly people. Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish. It's funny, I don't even think, I wouldn't even call fish meat. Fish is kind of like mush to me. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I live in, we live in Colorado here. We don't have an ocean here. Maybe some of you can stream fish or whatever, but, but fish, I wouldn't even, can't imagine just like having this craving for fish so much that you want to go back to Egypt. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers. Who, who craves cucumbers? Maybe... Maybe, you know, I remember when Heather was praying with Ada, she would get these intense cravings. Some women crave pickles. That's like a, you know, pickled cucumber, I guess. I, don't know. I remember one night, it was like 11.30, she had this intense craving for, uh, you know, she saw this commercial for Taco Bell about this pineapple little smoothie drink they had, and she just suddenly had this intense craving for it. And, and being the great husband I was, I said, Heather, do you want me to go to Taco Bell and get this for you? And she said, yes. And... Uh, I, you know, looked up, and it, and it turned out that Taco Bell was closed. They were closed early due to COVID, and she just couldn't have this thing. She had this intense craving for uh, Cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. They just had this intense craving just for, uh, this is not a great diet. 
Some of you might have this diet. You, you know, no carbs, no beef, no, you know, poultry. You're just eating fish and vegetables and garlic, and your breath stinks all the time, and you're, you need a set a date to celebrate. Some of you, maybe it's okay to, to take care of your body, but, but every now and then you need to eat the fat and drink the sweet. You just need a set a date to celebrate. It says now our whole being is dried up. And there is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. They were, they were loathing and cursing the provision that God had for them in that season. We need, we need to look ahead. We need to be excited about what God has in store. He always saves his best for last. With him, things always get better. And um, I love a, a simple message that Jesus preached in Luke 17, 32. Three words, and they're very powerful words. He said, remember Lot's wife. People are asking him, what is it going to be like in the end times? He said, it's going to be like the days of Noah. It's going to be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And when you are there, and we're there, you don't have to look around too much to see it's like the days of Noah. It's like the days of Sodom. But he's saying, remember Lot's wife. Keep looking ahead. Keep looking ahead. With the kingdom of heaven, it's always growing. It's always expanding. God always has better things in store. And he's not done with us yet. He's not done with the church yet. Until I'm in heaven, he's not done with me yet here on this earth. And you don't always have to have everything figured out. You don't have to know exactly how God is going to work things out, how he's going to expand things, how he's going to grow you, how he's going to... You don't have to know everything. I like what Paul writes in Philippians 3. Go ahead and turn there, if you would, Philippians 3. And we'll start in verse 12. And I think this is, this is just such an incredible passage of Scripture from, from Paul the Apostle, such a, a powerful minister, but, but just such a humble, a humble person as well. And he says here in verse 12, not that I have already attained. He said, I don't have it all figured out yet. I'm not already perfected, but I press on. I keep moving forward. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Things are always going up with Jesus Christ in my life. And therefore, let us, as many as are mature, this is a mark of maturity, have this mind. He's talking about having the mind that you don't know everything yet. I, I've heard from people who, who said that they quit going to church, they made it quit coming here because, man, I, I just, I've heard it all. I, I, I've learned everything I can learn. And, and, and you know, I, I've been there so many years and, and I, I'm, I've just, I just know it all. And I, I just have everything I can be possibly given there. No, no, in, in a community of believers, we all grow together. You know, people, people approach me sometimes and say, Aaron, you, you've grown so much since I first saw you preach seven years. That's, that's a great compliment. I, that's much better than saying, hey, you've gotten worse over the years. <laughs> Have this mind that, that you can still learn, you can still grow, that there's still more for God to do with you. Just, just, just be in relationship with him and grow in that relationship with him. 
Have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So keep looking ahead. His favor is for life. Keep looking ahead. And next, some of you just need to taste and see. Some of you have been missing out because you just, you just, you're not wanting to taste and see. I don't know why people wouldn't want to taste and see that God is good. That he is good. You know, there's kind of a movement in Christianity today where people are like, you don't really need to experience God. You just need to, to have this intellectual type. It's good to know him in your mind, but you have to experience him as a person. You have to experience, you have to have a relationship with him. And you have to taste and see. God wants you to experience him. He wants you to experience his goodness even right now. Psalm 34. Turn with me to Psalm 34. We'll start in verse 7. Psalm 34, verse 7. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack. Say, I shall not lack. (laughs) Any good thing. Any good thing. We need to celebrate. We need to taste and see. You know, uh, I kind of mentioned when I I, I didn't marry Heather until I was 31. So for a long time, from, you know, age 18 to 31, I was a bachelor. I cooked for myself, and I could only cook, like, two or three things. And I ate those two or three things all the time. It was my manna in in my wilderness journey for 13 years. Thank God it was only 13 years, not 40. And... um, but when I met Heather, um, I, I told her we would go shopping together, and, and we'd go shopping at Costco, and every now and then we'd pass. Heather's a phenomenal cook. She's from the South. She, she's a phenomenal cook. And um, um, whenever, like, my parents come over to eat at our house, my dad, he, he's, just, he's just, like, just drooling with all this. She can make anything and make it better than anyone else. And he just says, Aaron, you, you married the best woman in the world, you know, besides your mom. And, uh, and uh, she, she's just this phenomenal cook. And um, I remember we were shopping, and several times we go to Costco, and I, I, I used to eat this um, cake there called the tuxedo cake, and it's phenomenal. It's a great dessert, phenomenal. And she would just, I tell her, hey, we need to eat that. We need to get it. And she's just like, no. She didn't believe me that it was good. Because she, you know, if, if you're going to make real dessert, like how we do in the South, you got you to gotta go grow your own wheat and sift it and pound it and, and grow your own sugar cane. And you got to make it from scratch if you're going to make a real cake. And uh, that, that's not it. So she just wouldn't ever try it. But one time we had a party at her house and someone brought this cake to the house. And she had a little, who brought it? Oh, Jackie and Dylan. Okay, awesome. Jackie and Dylan drive all the way from Pueblo West to be here. They start helping with the youth, and they drive Wednesday nights from Pueblo West with four little kids to be here. Good things happen when you come to church. I just married a couple on Friday down in La Vida, Colorado. The, the, the groom drives two hours from the south. His wife came from Denver an hour to the north. They met here. And, and now they're tasting and seeing that God is good. Amen. They got married. They met here at church three hours apart and met here in the middle. So they brought this tuxedo cake, and Heather had some of it, and she said, man, Aaron... 
you were right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I repent of not trusting you and believing. And now I am tasting and seeing that this is good. Some of you just need to taste and see and just take God's word for what it says. God is good, and he is not going to... Man, he, he does not want you to, to lack any good thing. Amen. I, I had this scripture on my mirror while, while I was going through my 13-year, you know, or whatever, um, single period, and I had this scripture that says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And uh, after I got engaged, Heather saw that on my, on my mirror, and she, she initialed it right over a good thing. And she's a very good thing. God has good things in store for you. And he knows you better than you know yourself. He, he's actually going to go way beyond what you thought your good thing was. And with him, it's so much better. Amen? So we need to set a date to celebrate. I love um, what happened in Nehemiah. Nehemiah's time. You can turn to Nehemiah 8, verse 9 and 10. I have a really good uh, point from this um, Story about Nehemiah. So Nehemiah, uh, after 70 years of captivity in, in Babylon, he, he brought people back to, to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. And after they had rebuilt things there in Jerusalem, that they started reading from, from the Bible. They started reading from the law. And, and people started weeping and crying because they had not heard the word of God for 70 years. I can't imagine just not hearing the word of God for 70 years. Being in that state of captivity... And um, it says here in Nehemiah 8, 9, and 10, Nehemiah, who is the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. So they were reading through the law. They heard about all these times that they were supposed to come to Jerusalem to celebrate and, and, and thank God. And they, they're just weeping because they realized that they had been missing out. And he said, you know what, today is holy. Today is a holy day. This is the day that the Lord has made. You can rejoice even today. So he's saying, stop mourning, stop weeping. All the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, move ahead, eat the fat, drink the sweet. He didn't say, go eat fish and, and garlic. <laughs> so some of you, you know, you, you, you've been dieting too long. This is a word for someone. You've eaten way too much fish and way too many vegetables for too long without tasting the fat and the sweet. So once in a while, you need to set a date to celebrate. Go buy a cake, maybe a tuxedo cake if your wife can't cook. And, and so, you know, today is a holy day unto the Lord. I'm going to set this date to celebrate. I'm going to eat the fat and drink the sweet. Maybe if you, some of you might have a little too much fat and a little too much sweet in the fridge. Well, this, this is the next thing. You can send portions. Give gifts. Give gifts to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I love that Nehemiah just tells people how to celebrate. Today, today is the date we're going to set. We're going to set a date to celebrate right now. Go get a tuxedo cake. Go eat it. Some of you shouldn't eat quite as much, so give to others. Man, there's something powerful about giving. There's something that, that just renews your joy through giving. And as a pastor, I get to be with people in, in major points in their life, major celebrations, major difficulties, major, major loss sometimes. But one, one thing I always encourage people who are going through difficulty, through loss, is to keep giving. 
Be a part of church. Join a cert. And it almost sounds like I'm being harsh at first. Like, hey, you need to stay connected. You need to, you need to, to volunteer. You need to be connected with people. You need to be giving. But, but later on, after they come back to me months later, years later, saying, thank you so much. I realize that I have purpose. I have something to give. I, I, I'm needed. And, and that's going to help you grow and get God. God will get you where you need to go. Amen. Send portions and give, and remember that this day is holy. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So my last point for you today is some of you need to get your joy back. Get your joy back. Stop eating garlic. Stop eating onions. Stop just sucking on lemons all the time, and go and get your joy back. God is always a joy giver. Joy comes. Joy comes. God is always giving joy. The devil is always wanting to steal joy. He is a joy thief. He is a joy robber. And if you know that something is yours, it is going to bother you when something is being taken away from you. Something is being robbed from you. Some people don't realize that joy is theirs, that healing is theirs, that prosperity is theirs, that good things are theirs, that peace is theirs, that righteousness is theirs. And when the devil tries to take it, don't let him take it. You own it. It is yours. Jesus paid for it with his own blood. So go, you can go to the enemy's camp and take back what the devil has stolen. I don't care if you think it's a small thing or a big thing. Don't let the devil rob what Jesus has given you. You know, years ago when I was in Houston, I, I, um, I, 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 um, I was riding my bike for exercise. And, um, and uh, I was riding my bike. I came back to my apartment, and uh, I saw the mailman was there, and I was really excited because at the time, I was buying and selling watches online to, to pay off debt, and God helped me supernaturally pay off debt. And I saw the mailman there, and I was always excited. It was like Christmas every day whenever I get these packages. At one point, I was buying and selling like 90 watches a month, and, and on average, making over $100 per watch. And... Um, um, I saw the mailman there, and I was really excited. I got two packages, and I was talking to him, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone hop on my bike and take off. And I, had, I still had my helmet on, my, my whole like, you know, tight biking outfit on. And um, they say when something like this happens that, that you get a sudden burst of adrenaline, and you either go into to flight, you run away, or you go into fight mode. Well, the, the righteous are bold as lions. You know, the, the unrighteous, they, they flee when no one chases them. They run when no one chases. So that's, some of you don't like to run because you know that you're, you know, you're not going to flee when no one's chasing you. But uh, anyways, I saw this guy just go off, and, and I had my helmet and these things, and I just took off after the guy. So that guy took my bike, and I just started running with him. And uh, I, I lived on a really busy street, and it was around rush hour. It, um, so he was going against traffic, three lanes of traffic here, three lanes over here. And I was just yelling and screaming, that's my bike! And he, and he saw me, and he got scared. You know, this little 140-pound redheaded cyclist flute player guy was just chasing after him like a maniac. And, uh, and um, just, I, I had just, like, adrenaline just flowing through me. And, and he, he started going really fast, and he was worried I was going to catch him. Uh, I'm faster than I look. I'm stronger than I look. And, uh, um, you know, eventually he, he realized I might be able to catch him, so he's trying to get across traffic. So he, he, he played Frogger and went across three lanes of, or six lanes of traffic. 
to get to the other side, and then I, I kind of waited for the opening and went after him and kept chasing him. Later, after this was done, I, I went and Google mapped how far I'd ran. I ran almost a mile chasing this guy. And, and I, I kept chasing him down, down the road, and eventually when I, when I just, I was completely exhausted, completely at the end of myself, I just gave up and, and just leaned over, hunched down. But right when I gave up, God sent the angel of the Lord. It was a, a Texas soccer mom in a minivan. She just pulled up and said, get in the van. <laughs> and uh, she, she wanted to go after this guy. You know, it's, uh, there's a new country song about people like this that say, you don't come robbing my town or, you know. Anyways, so Houston's full of these types of people that, that don't like thieving, don't like robbing, don't like, and she's a get in this van. Anyways, we, we, we went after this guy, and he got off into a little side neighborhood, and I, I told her, like, hey, here's my... Like, both, both these watches were like $1,000 a piece. So I'm like, hey, don't lose these things. It's funny. I was chasing after this $100 bike. <laughs> well, I got like thousands of dollars of, you know, stuff in my hands. And I, I, I said, you know, hey, hang on to this for me. And, but, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just smear this guy. And uh, we, we were getting a little closer to him. And she didn't even stop. I just jumped out of that van and just ran like the flash. And I was just going <laughs> to... I was just probably just going to like torpedo, just, just kamikaze, fly right through the air at this guy. And just, but thankfully, you know, the angel of the Lord told him, you know, look behind you. And, and, and he saw me out of the corner of his eye and just jumped off the bike and just started running. And I got my bike back. And um, meanwhile, there were like four or five other cars that had pulled up. They, they were all like, and they all kept following this guy. And eventually the cops caught him. And and they called me, and they were really happy that they caught this guy because he had a whole long, you know, list of, of uh, you know, burning, looting, and thieving, and, and these things. And, and they, they were happy to just, you know, get him off the streets. But, um, man, you, you need to realize you, we need to have a sense of ownership about what God has given us, especially joy. The devil, the number one thing he wants to steal is joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the joy of the Lord, it is so important. That's why I believe that we need to continually set a date to celebrate. I'm going to set a date to celebrate. I'm going to think about the good things that God has done. If there's anything good, if there's anything perfect in your life, that is from God. You can thank him for it. You can worship him. You can, you can set a date to celebrate and realize that he has good things on the way as well. Man, with joy we draw water from the wells of salvation. Uh, my last verse for you is from Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12, uh, you can turn there if you'd like. I love Isaiah 12. We'll start in verse 1. It says here in Isaiah 12, starting in verse 1, And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you are angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Man, God is not mad at you. He's not angry. Right now, the... The way God ministers to us is through comfort. It's through saying, I love you. I'm so glad I sent Jesus for you. I have great things in store for you. He's always going to comfort us and draw us closer to him. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, he is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Jesus has placed wells of salvation, this living water that springs up unto everlasting life. Out of your belly shall flow 
these rivers of living water where, where you can drink whenever you want to. But the way you draw from those waters, it's with a bucket of joy. Some of you need to, to, go, to go get that joy bucket. You need to go get that bucket back. You may, might think it's not that big of a deal. It's a big deal. You need to get your joy back. And you take it and you draw. Man, um, Heather has a powerful testimony. Someone came for prayer last week. was just having a hard time selling their home. They owned a tiny home. And Heather said, you know what? Every time you think about that home and, and are just frustrated about not being able to sell it, you just start rejoicing. You start thinking, you start praising God just like a crazy person. That thing sold within a week, miraculously. They came just last week and recorded her prayer. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Amen. So in conclusion, I'm setting a date to celebrate. His favor is for life. Keep looking ahead. His plans for you, they're good things. They always get better and better. And I know right now that God wants you to taste and see. Taste and see his goodness and realize that we have supernatural joy. Amen. Amen, amen. Awesome. Well, right now. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.